I'll just uh, open up with prayer, Lord. We just thank you that we are your body, Lord, that we are your children, that we are your people, that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. So we glorify your name, Father, and we pray that you'd shine the light of your presence over our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So the title for my preaching is uh, Identity Brings Sonship. Sonship brings inheritance. So repeat that after me. Identity brings sonship. Sonship brings inheritance. One more time. Identity brings sonship. Sonship brings inheritance. Chloe said I should do that, so. (laughs) He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favour from the Lord, so. Amen. Um, So... Yeah, it's uh, it's an honour to be here. I'm just going to be speaking about who we are in God and, and what God says about us and how that allows us to, to be who we were created to be, to live as God created us to live and to be like our Father, um, who is God. So um, basically how we live our lives is completely dictated by what we believe about ourselves. So... Understanding the way, understanding who we are will always make an impact on how we carry ourselves. It's beliefs that we have about ourselves. It's um, the way we function with other people. Like the way I talk to you is always an indication of how I think about myself. If I'm a bit hostile towards you, it might be because I'm feeling a bit insecure about something in myself. So I need to you know, make you be a bit hostile, but it always, there's always a root to every plant, right? It comes from how we, what we believe about ourselves. And humans ultimately always driven by a need to be loved. It's not a want, it's a need. doesn't matter if you're a believer or a non-believer, you need to be loved. And we know that God is love, so it's, it's, it's actually, it's a need to be connected with God. It's a need to be connected with our Father, who is love. God is love. Um, Some of you have heard this a million times, but I'll I'll do it for everyone. Does anyone, uh, a bit of canine trivia, does anyone know what the biggest uh, cat is in the world? Biggest feline? Lion? Anyone else? Liger? Oh, didn't factor in crossbreeds, but I think you could be right. (laughs) Pure breeds? Anyone else for pure breeds? <laughs> so, the correct... Oh, do I hear a tiger? Sold! <laughs> Alright, it's actually the tiger. The Siberian tiger is the biggest feline in the world, the biggest cat. Right, I did my, um, did my research and it's, I think it's about, about a foot bigger than a lion and, and a good 50 to 100 kilos heavier. Something like that. So big, big cats. So my question to you is if the tiger is the bigger, stronger, apart from the liger, cat, <laughs> why is the lion the king? Goes in packs. Confident. Confident? Ooh. And I, uh, don't ruin it, mate. There's <laughs> always that guy. <laughs> Inside information, rebuke that man. (laughs) The lion is the king of the animal kingdom because the lion believes he's the king, right? You you look at the iron, David Attenborough, great. You watch the lion, 
chest up and they're wandering around and they've got this aura and this mane and they believe that they are the king. And the tigers, they're an equally fierce animal, but they don't go around with the same mannerisms, right? They're kind of a bit more sneaky, you know. They're sort of... And they're not known as the king. There's, it's an undisputed, you know, title. They're, they're the undisputed, you know, championships of the king, of the lion. So, so the, the point being is, like, the lion acts like a king. The, the lion governs like a king. The lion walks and talks and does everything like a king because of this ultimate belief in itself. And it's because God created the lion to be a king, the lion of Judah, the kingship of Judah. They represent this kingship authority. And the devil goes around like a roaring lion, like a king, but he's not a king. He's a mouse in the microphone. So, um, it's, so that's... And ultimately, we sort of live the same way. You know, man called... That feline, that's going to be a lion. Because God said to, to Adam, name all the animals. It's, it was to give them their, their, their form and purpose. So, um, and that comes back to God, how God created us, right? Because we, we ultimately live from a belief about ourselves. And that belief in ourselves is shaped by many things, right? And it can be shaped ultimately the truth of who we are, is in God. Um, so Genesis 2 verse 7, Adam was made in the image of God. So I'll, I'll read the whole thing. God breathed, and when he says breathe, that, that means gave spirit to. So when you see the word breathe, it often means it's, it's a spiritual transaction. God breathed on Adam. Um, then the Lord God formed the man, um, the man of dust from the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. And then the next verse twenty-eight, and God blessed them, and said, "Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heaven, and over every living thing that moves on earth." And so God created man in his image, and in his image he created him, male and female, he created them. So God breathes on Adam, and it's a spiritual transaction. The spirit of the Lord breathed into Adam and then gave man a spirit. And, and he said he made it in the image and likeness. So we're essentially like God. That's the one thing that separates us from the animals. That the that we have a that we um, that we have, have a spirit that reflects God. We're like God. We're a son of God, right? So when when God creates us, He's this is a part of me in us. So that's why we say there's a part of God in everyone. That's why we honor each other because we honor what God created everyone else else to be. And there's a part of Him in each of us, right? And God's commission to man was to subdue the earth. It was to, to take dominion over the birds of the air and the fish of the sea and bring order to it, right? Bring in the same, in the same way that God brought order to the dust and said, that's my son, we had to go out into the earth and bring dominion and subdue it so it looks like and reflects the glory of God and our creator. We're creating things in our image as God has created us in, our, in his image, right? So when we see God... Um, and God created man to, to walk with him and to love him and to know him. When we see God, it's, even when we, when we get saved, it's like, a, it's like a mirror in a sense. 
the more, to the degree that you see God is to the degree that you'll see yourself for who you are. It's, it's not necessarily you see it or you don't see it, it's you see it to a degree. Um, and the more that, the clearer that you see it, the clearer there's this understanding of who I am. Um, like when Moses went up to the, uh, to the Mount, um, Mount Sinai to receive the law, he came back down, his face was shining, right? Because he'd encountered God and humans were made to reflect the glory of God. And when he went up to the mountain, God's glory shone upon him and there was this mirror, like where, that's what we designed to reflect. And we reflected the glory of God because God in his glory is just incredible. And we're the, we're the ones that can reflect his glory. So when we came down, his face, his face was shining, right? And then we see that later on in the, in the Mount of Transfiguration with, with um, Jesus later on. But, um, but essentially, we, we were created to, to know God and we only find our identity and our being and our purpose in him. Um, quite some time ago, uh, I was... Uh, I was praying with a, a guy. I remember he was a guy. Uh, he came through Camp Kedron, and he, he was pretty troubled. And we were praying for him, and um, and and he he sort of had some deliverance. He had some things that were holding him back from God, and, and we remember praying for him and, and praying for deliverance over his life. And and then there was and, and there was salvation. And I remember him saying, he was saying there was all these dark. Uh, dark things. He had this vision while we were praying for him, and then he saw a man on a white horse, and he came, and it, and it just, and it slashed away, you know, all these, all these, you know, things in his life that were opposing God. And um, anyway, I remember, I remember when we finished praying for him, and he and he got saved. Um, he said to me, he was like, oh, I just, I knew, I knew like, what I'm meant to do, like, I'm meant to build houses for poor people. That's all I've ever wanted to do. And he had this revelation of, I need to do this. You know, I need to do this. Because he just had this encounter with God and he'd seen God and had wiped away a level of darkness over his life so he could see clearly, right? So he, he had this understanding. And this is just a little example. There's a lot more that God had for him. But he knew that he wanted to build houses for poor people. That was his, that was his thing. So, um, so God breathed on Adam, right? And he said, like, here's my son in my image. I've created him. So what happens um, after is the Satan, the tempter, tempts us, right? So we're perfect with God. Satan tempts us and says, oh, you know, you'll become like God if you have this tree of knowledge of good and evil. And so in our lives, what happens is our spirits, our spirits and our bodies in the beginning were perfect with Christ. Our spirits, um, our body and our soul, right? The three, yeah, spirit, soul, body. And when our spirits, when we disobey God, we're tempted. And then we, when we choose to disobey, we sin, right? And sin enters the flesh then sin creates a flesh. And what happens is when the sin corrupts the body and the soul, that's when the flesh, that's what the flesh is. It's the corrupted body and soul. And then our souls, our, our flesh 
is at enmity. It's, it's at war with God. It, it's hostile to God. It doesn't like God, right? And so, we, so then we become these people that are hostile to God and our spirits now become separate from God. So our spirits were with God. We sinned. Sin dwells in the flesh. Our flesh is that when the, the body and the soul and, and sin inhabits it and our spirits are separate from, from Christ. So when we get saved... God speaks to our spirits, right? Because our flesh is hostile to God. Our flesh hates God. It doesn't want anything to do with God. It speaks to our spirit. It says, The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, and it shines it to his inmost being. That's in Proverbs 20, 27. I could be wrong about that. Um, someone will correct me. Um, so God's spirit... Our spirit is separate from God, but it still yeah, can recognize God, right? So what happens when we get saved is our spirits get perfected and are seated with him in heavenly places. When we believe and we say, yep, I believe you, God. Um, you're, a, you're my father. I believe that you died for my sins, that you rose from the dead. Our spirits now are seated with him in heavenly places, it's perfect, right? There's the analogy of, you know, there's the tabernacle of God where the presence of God was dwelling, the purity of God, right? And the temple curtain tore from top to bottom, meaning the presence of God. God does not no longer live in a box. He lives in the hearts of men, in our spirits, right? So what happens with our, with our body and soul? Well, our spirits are perfect, but our flesh is still there, right? Our flesh is still there. And our flesh is still hostile to God. But our spirits are perfect. In a sense, we are perfect, but our flesh, our flesh isn't. It's, 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 it doesn't want to get subjected to God. So what do we do? So what happens is the Word of God speaks to us and we hear it and it brings life to our mortal bodies, right? So we, for example, we have an anger issue. That's a fleshly thing. God says, you don't have to be angry. You know, don't be angry. Don't be slanderous. Wow, we believe that word and the power of that word changes and transforms, transforms our flesh and creates it new again. It renews it. And that's a process of working out our salvation with fear and trembling. It's a process, Right? But we're seated with him in heavenly places. So I'll just, um, I'll just give you a bit, of, a bit of scripture for that. That's so Romans 8, 7 to 11. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Your flesh hates God. It doesn't want to submit to God. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh. That's not your reality anymore. You are in the Spirit. In fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although your body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. So your body's still there, but your spirit. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, so your body's kind of dead, but your spirit's alive, and if that spirit dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life 
to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Right, so that's kind of just a scriptural thing of what happens. The spirit gives life and it changes our flesh and we get transformed by the renewing of our minds. All right. So the next part I'm going to focus on is Peter's encounter with, with God. So this is in uh, Matthew 16, 13 to 19. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? He's asking him, who does everyone say that I am? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Kind of like a non-invasive, you know, answer. And Jesus, in the next verse he goes, but who do you say I am? Because Jesus isn't after these half-hearted answers because the reality is you've, you've heard people say um, you've, you've heard people say like oh Jesus is a good person and I think we should follow his example like or you know yeah he's, he's a holy man um, he's a good guy I don't, I don't know if he was God but he definitely was under something right the devil is completely okay with you believing those things he doesn't mind it in fact Islam puts Jesus in that category. He's a prophet, he's a holy man, he had a message, but he's not God. And all these other religions, they, they just can't say that he's God because if he's God, it changes everything, right? And, and you, you hear those, those things said all the time. Yeah, he's, you know, he was something to him, you know, he's a famous man in history and we know that he lived, but I don't know if he's God, right? Jesus says, but who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Because how you answer this question changes everything. Who do you say I am? And Simon, Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Wow, Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Blessed are you, Simon, son of the flesh. Bar means son of Jonah, of a man, of flesh. You're not a son of God. And your flesh didn't reveal this to you because your flesh is hostile to God. My Father in heaven revealed this to you. Right? And that's what happens when God speaks to us. It's our flesh cannot understand it, but our spirit, but our Father speaks to us and we can recognize our Father's voice. We go, wow, you are the Son of the God, you're the Son of the Most High God. You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. And I tell you, Peter, on this rock I will build my church. On this rock, on this revelation that Jesus is the Son, that uh, the Christ is the Son of the Living God. That's what the church is built on. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Right? The gates of hell cannot prevail against this revelation. But if, you, if Jesus isn't the Son of God, well, the gates of hell can go, go wild. If he's the Son of God, if he's the Christ, the Son of the Most High God, then the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Think back to Adam. I give you dominion over the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. 
subdue the earth, take the earth, subdue it. I give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose it. It's the same commission. Jesus is renewing that commission of us to reflect the nature of our Father on the earth now. And so, Peter, when you see bad things happen on earth, you can bind it and it'll be bound in heaven because the principality in heavenly places is making that bad thing happen, right? And you can loose the kingdom of heaven over that situation. You now take dominion over spiritual Spiritual things, because it says our, our battle isn't against flesh and blood, but against um, principalities and rulers and, and things in high places. Like, we have to take spiritual dominion over things. So Peter's confession of Christ was him confessing that Christ was his father and his creator God. So he's looking into the eyes of his creator. He's going... Oh my goodness, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And it's his reflection back. Jesus says, and this is who you are. It's, it's a transaction that happens. It says, um, oh, sorry, my notes are all over the place, but it says, um, I'll find it later. Here we go, John 1, 1 John 3 verse 2. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. So as he appears to us, when we see him, we'll be like him. When we see God, we will be like him. It's this like, it's this promise of God. All right. So we are children of God now. And as we see it, we get this download of, of who we are. It's this constant process. And we hear from God and his word comes into our, into, our, into our mind and it can renew the flesh and make us reflect the, the image of our creator. Right? Um, for me, just showing a bit of personal experience here, like that was, this was a massive revelation for me. Um, I was a Christian for quite some years and I'm, I, I believed I was a son of God. I believed, you know, on paper I was a son of God. But I had this process where, where God really showed me, like, he showed me to see myself the way he sees him. Because if you, it's one thing to go, God, you're magnificent and I love you and you've forgiven me. It's another thing to say, I am forgiven like, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And to take that identity on yourself. Because at Christmas time, there's a present that says to Josh. And if I never open that gift, that gift just stays under the tree. It's addressed to me. It's to me. I'll never get the benefits of that gift unless I open it by faith. And I open that promise of God. So as we unlock the promises of God. And so I had this process where I was understanding, wow, my son of God, God sees me this certain way. And, and, um, and I want to now talk about a bit about the baptism of the Holy Spirit because identity brings sonship and sonship brings inheritance, right? And the biggest inheritance that we have is the Holy Spirit, right? It's a spiritual inheritance. And out of that comes everything. Uh, and in the same way that, you know, inheritance in earthly manner, we inherit things from our father. It could be money. It could also be um, sporting ability. It could be, we can also inherit bad things. We can, you can inherit debt. You can inherit, um, you know, often sicknesses come through, 
um, through family lines. You can, whatever you inherit through earthly, now we have a spiritual inheritance, right? We now have access to what God has paid for for us. And it's the Holy Spirit, it's the living God inside of us. And I remember during this time I was understanding where, who I am. And, um, and I was taught about like, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I, was, I said, I've never heard of it. I've been baptized with water. Like, is there any difference? He said, yeah. It says in the Bible, John baptized with water for repentance. But Jesus will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I said, okay, well, did I not? And some, the question is, well, did I not have a spirit before? No, no, no. When you become a child of God, you get his spirit in you. It's Jesus um, breathed on his disciples before the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he said, receive a spirit. And there's the redemptive spirit now that your spirit is perfected with God, right? But it's like if a Holy Spirit is a body of water, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the is the power and the life that brings to that water to make it turbulent, to make the waves come, to make it to make it living. Um, I know when like the best fishing spots off the off the rocks is where there's turbulent waters, right? Where it or it hits the rock and there's this white water and the fish get covered, like like they're incognito in there, so they like it. So you throw your baits into the into the turbulent waters, and that's that's where the good fishing is, right? So, but if without that, it's just a dead lake, and there can be good fish in there as well. But that's besides the point. The point is, <laughs> the point is that the spirit brings life to our to our waters, and it's this process. And it says in Acts one eight, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all. Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth the ends of the earth it's an empowering right and and when the the Holy Spirit came on Pentecost um, it came and, and bring um, tongues of fire the the all the apostles and everyone there spoke in tongues right why because well I'm sure there's other reasons but when you speak in tongues it's your spirit speaking right because you still got you know, the flesh, but the powerful thing about praying in tongues, praying in the spirit, is you're now praying perfectly what the will of God is. So sometimes we pray and, and our soul prays, and oh God, I pray that you'd give me a 10 minutes more patience or whatever you might be praying. I don't know. Sometimes our prayers are good, sometimes they're not. Um, but when you pray in the spirit, you're activating your spirit has perfected with Christ. It's a powerful thing, right? So it, it's, this, it's this transaction. That's why it's powerful just to pray in, to pray in tongues every day and um, to do it more because you activate who you are in God. You're speaking, right? Because out of, out of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So... In John 7 verse 38, whoever believes in me... As the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So I remember when I, I got prayed for, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I'd never experienced that before, and I, I actually struggled with doubt. And that's the other thing. Doubt is kind of like, is the flesh going, mm, I don't think so. Right. I, I, I doubt it. <laughs> Um, 
So like that's a that's a fleshy thing, and we can sometimes struggle. Oh man, God, I want to believe you, but I just I doubt. And Jesus had this this thing with Thomas as well. You know, God, I just if I can see the you know the nail marks in your palms, right? So there's this. So we struggle with it. It's real, right? We struggle with doubt to because if we didn't doubt every promise of God, then we'd we'd probably just be back up there in heaven, you know, like we'd, be, we'd look a lot different, you know, so that's the process of it. And I remember from my heart, I was like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe this is true. Tongues has always been super weird for me. Like I just, I don't get into it. Like it's just weird. And I had this doubt thing and but I just kept pressing on and God, I want this. If it's you, I want it, God. And I remember lying down in my bed and I just thought, well, I'm going to give this a red hot shot, you know. <laughs> Have a have a go, and I I thought oh, I'm gonna give it a go. Speaking in tongues, I've never done it before. For everyone, it's different, but for me, I thought I'll I'll give it a go, and I I've barely got one syllable out, and the spirit of the living God just came over me from head to toe, and I spoke in spoke in tongues, and it it was that's living water. I felt it felt like living water coming through me. It was just there was no other way to describe it. It's hard to describe spiritual spiritual experience but it was like living water coming through me and it it really changed me from that day it was it was like I understood the bible a lot better now and and there was now I spoke differently like I remember straight away I'd have this feeling every time I was in my throat I still still have it to this day whether I could I could hear when I was speaking of the spirit I could hear when other people were it was just like you know thing and, and so that when the God baptizes us, he gives us what we need for life. You know, he gives us the blessing of the Holy Spirit, right? It's, it's incredible. And I, <clears throat> I feel sometimes that we need to grab hold of this. It's our inheritance, right? We are sons of God and that spirit is our inheritance, right? And, and, and when we live with God, you know, it's not always just a one-time experience as well. It says, do not be um, drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. So it's a constant invitation, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Right? We are to be filled with the Holy Spirit in our personal times and, um, you know, corporately in all things because the Spirit gives life, right? It's this beautiful process. So I'm probably going to wrap it up there. I'll do a bit of a... A corporate prayer and maybe the worship guys start twinkling the keys and doing doing your thing um so i'll do a bit of a corporate prayer as we start to, to get into a bit of ministry time and then if you want to come up and receive prayer for the baptism of the holy spirit if that's if you've never received that before and you'd like to um come up the front there'll be some people from the ministry team with the blue um what do you call those lanyards the blue tags to look for someone with that and we can pray for you um uh, yeah, yeah i would do that but no nah, it's actually real <laughs> um yeah and so you can come up and, and this is freely give freely receive like it's it's not something you have to work for your mind might doubt it that's okay you, you may feel something straight away you may not it doesn't matter like just believe it and um and you receive it right there he is. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm going to pray now corporately. And then we'll start. If you want to hook into a bit of worship, that's fine. If you want to come up for prayer, please do come up. Everyone will be up. The ministry team will be up here in the blue lanyards. Um, 
yeah, and we'll, we'll get into a bit of ministry. So, Lord, I just thank you so much that you are a good God. I thank you that we're sons of God. And I pray, Lord, that, that we would understand that reality, that you would drive that reality deep into our hearts, Father. Father, deep into our hearts, that we are son of the Most High God, and that we are like God, that we are made in your likeness and image, Father. And so I pray, Lord, I even just pray right now for a wave of holiness to come over us, Lord, that your Spirit would give life to our mortal bodies and your Spirit, your promises of God would start bringing life to our, to our bodies and our flesh, Father. And I pray, Lord, just, I'll just release even a season of transformation over us as the body of Christ, Lord, that we'd start to look like you, God, that we'd really start to be your sons, to operate from you. Father, I just pray right now, I just bind the powers of the enemy that says you're not good enough, that you've stuffed up too many times, that you are, that you are dead. But you say that anyone who comes to me will thirst no more. Anyone that comes to me, it's not anyone that's done good, it's anyone that comes to me. So I pray right now, Lord, that you would open up hearts to come to you, Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, just for a fresh wave of holiness. And if you'd just like to um, open up your hands and receive from God, Lord, I just pray right now for a release of the baptism of the Holy Spirit over this place. In Jesus' name, I just pray that you breathe over us, fresh over us, Lord, that we receive your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, that you're a good God, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And I thank you, God, that it's your joy to give us the Holy Spirit. It's your joy to give us the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, just I pray that the, the eyes of our heart would be opened. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Those who have eyes to see, let them see. I thank you, Lord. Father, I just pray right now, even just for encountering you as our Father, that we can see you. And when we see you, we'll be like you, for we see you as you are, for we'll see him as he is. In Jesus' name, amen. Feel free to come up the front for prayer or just to to get into a bit of worship. Bless you.